0: dear friends, thank you for joining me for another episode of Native New Life. I'm Monty Church, and today I'd like to talk to you about, as Christians, how do we handle this problem of fear that we confront day by day? We all have fears, and God knows that. He sympathizes deeply with us because He knows what the result of sin in this world has brought on us that would strike fear in anybody's heart. We are in a place today near Knob, Utah, that is noted for its Wild West flavor and also for the high cliff walls and mysterious crevices where many popular Hollywood Western movies were produced. It afforded imaginary criminal hideouts and scary ambush gunfights. Not only was this place noted for a sense of dread and fearfulness of not knowing what lurks around the next corner, But in the past, it had also become the source of many fearful legends of the native Shivuetz people. They had superstitious beliefs, thinking unsuspecting travelers would be killed, without warning by roving spirits which lived around here. To most, this is an area of unsurpassed beauty, but to some, still today, it is an imaginary place of fear. This brings us to our subject today about how our creative would have us confront the fears that we face. First, however, what is fear anyway? Dictionaries describe fear as a snare, an imagined worry over possible ambushes in life, a sense of danger and a dread of evil. But fear is also the feelings we have when we're confronted with the unknown. The term fear is also described as a respectful awe and reverence, which interestingly is used in the Bible when showing loving admiration for Almighty God. I'd like to further explain this term, fear, that the Bible uses to describe loving trust. I'd like to show you a painting that our artist Jeannie painted, especially for this episode, that we've entitled, We Aren't Afraid, Are We, Father? Isn't it beautiful? We all can see that in today's world, we are surrounded by the unknown, such as unexpected natural disasters, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, fires, droughts, and famines that bring great hardships to people. And to make matters worse, we now have virus pandemics causing death all around the world. Certainly these events give us reasons to be fearful. But the great news is, that our Heavenly Father, our Creator God, has given to those who constantly hold on to Him the promise that He's going to see you through all these things. He doesn't promise a rose garden pathway for us in this life, but He does promise, if we let Him, to see us through the fearful darkness that we live in, right up until the time He comes again. But you may ask, How can we as Christians look at these fearful things that come our way today? I want you to meet my brother Curtis who lives in Northern California. Just recently, he and his wife lost their home and everything they own due to wildfires. How were he and his wife, through their trust in God, able to look at what happened? I've asked him to tell you about it.
1: We live in the Napa Valley and I was up here in Portland. Monty and I were getting ready to fly to our aunt's funeral, our last living aunt back in Wisconsin. So we were up early that Sunday morning, four o'clock actually before. About 4.15, I remember in this very room where this interview was taking place, my nexel went off, my phone. I pulled it out and I looked at it. It said, evacuation mandatory. Deer Park, California, that's where we live. My wife Sylvia was home, I called her up, actually woke her up that morning saying, did you get that next home message? That there's a fire and it's getting close to our place. No, she hadn't heard of it yet. And I remember Monty and I, we had prayer. We went, got in this car to catch our flight back to Wisconsin. On Monday, I got the message that Late that Sunday night or early Monday morning, our house had burned completely. Nothing left, nothing but ashes. The foundation had rebar sticking up. You had to be careful around it, but absolutely everything was leveled. My car, all the windows were blown out. The tires were burned off. My black car actually looked yellow. Not only did we lose our home, but right next to us, half the school was burned. Up the hill gymnasium that the church used, the community center, was burned. And then down the hill, we also lost our community service center, our church thrift store. We wondered how we had handled this thing. After a few days, when Sue and I were talking, talking about, hey, where we are now, everything's gone, and I mean everything, what are we going to do? I found it very interesting that we never really got extremely anxious or fearful because in the back of our mind, we both knew that God would guide and that he would give us his peace. We never were completely hopeless and helpless, but we have that peace. We've had that peace of knowing that we're in God's hand. That promise, I'm with you even to the end of the world. It just stood us perfectly, beautifully. Isaiah 62, that the Messiah would come to heal the brokenhearted. That was us, we were brokenhearted. We lost a lot of things with sentimental value. That those prayers are immediately answered? No, but God has never made a promise that he has failed to keep. But what's our next step? We don't know. People keep asking us, what are you going to do? We really don't know. We're waiting for God's leading. We don't know what it is. We're certainly checking out all the different options that come up. But we have that peace God will lead and we'll just take one step at a time. That's our Latest personal tragedy. Maybe you've had tragedies. Have you gone bankrupt? Has your business failed? Has your marriage failed? Have your children kind of gone away that doesn't honor God or you? Has your reputation gone downhill? Whatever it is, you can have that same peace that God has promised. And peace that I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So we have hope. And we know that whatever other challenges come up in life, we'll be blessed. We've really been blessed already. We have been totally overwhelmed. And with the help and encouragement that we've gotten from people. People have sent us clothes. People have sent us money, gift cards. We've gotten call after call, email after email, message after message of hope and, hey, anything I can do to help you, let us know. And these people are saying this sincerely. We've learned a number of real important lessons going through this experience and we're learning them every day, but one of the things that we've learned is that God always leads, but it may be different than what we thought or we expected. And we try to hold on to that confidence, that promise that when all is done, when we're in eternity with God, we'll get to see behind the scenes and we'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if we had the knowledge that God has about us, about our world, we would not choose to be led any differently than He's leading us right now. All things work together for good to those that love
0: God. You see, when we realize and accept the fact that our Heavenly Father really loves us and deeply cares for us, we can understand and believe what He says in His Word. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change. And fear not, I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous hand trust and be not afraid as long as we're in this world we'll always be confronted with the unknown something that could cause harm or even death to us but God who loves you and me dearly knows this and promises He will handle all these scary events for us if we will but allow Him to. Experts tell us that there are three types of fear today. There's realistic fear, there's imaginary fears, and there's moral fears. Allow me to show you from the Book of Heaven how God would have us handle these fears. Realistic fear. This kind of fear deals with the tragic happenings and events that come our way, which most of the time we have no way of preventing or controlling. These would be things such as the fear of tornadoes, fires, or unexpected accidents that bring sorrow, loss, and even death. How does the Lord wish us to react as His children to these things? First of all, God is so pleased when we instantly cry out to Him for His help whenever we face all our trials and frustrations. This puts us on His ground, freeing His hands before the evil powers to intervene in our behalf. Our Creator promises to be with us when we face realistic fears over crisis we can't prevent. Those who love me and call upon me, I will be with them in trouble. When we suffer damage from unexpected circumstances, God has promised to be with us. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Even in the event of death, God is with us. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. God suffers with us when bad things happen, and he will always be by our side to help and comfort us when they do happen. He is always ready to pick up the pieces and glue them back together in a way that is eternally best for our lives. He promises to all of us who love Him that we can trust Him, knowing that God is able to bring something good out of every circumstance as long as we trust Him and remain true to His purposes. He appreciates when we pray for safety and common sense in handling the affairs of our lives. He can give us guidance, even regarding the little dangers that would threaten us. Our Father craves this kind of consistent and dependent relationship with us and will gladly and wisely reward us. You see friends, when trusting in God's promises and believing He means what He says, gives us freedom from realistic fears. Then there are imaginary fears. The Lord has created in all of us the wonderful gift of imagination. It empowers us to learn and to create. But at times, we can get carried away by the 94% of what we all worry about that never comes to pass. We can even be so concerned over these things that might come to pass that we block out heaven's readiness to help us when bad things do come our way. And that's a fact. Worry will destroy us, not only mentally, but emotionally, and even physically. It's a medical fact that 70% of physical illnesses are brought about by worry. God wishes to help us take care of ourselves with all these emotions that may plague our mind. Let me share with you the secret of one of the greatest God-given prescriptions of all time for taking care of our life's worries. Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. Make this your very first work. Let your prayer be. Take me, O Lord, as holy thine. I lay all my plans at thy feet. Use me today in thy service. Abide with me and let all my work be wrought in thee. This is a daily matter. Thus day by day you may be giving your life into the hands of God. For a life in Christ will become A life of restfulness. Friend, God promises and guarantees that this restfulness will come into your life if you'll faithfully do this. You see, where we put our focus in life is what it's all about. He says, Come unto me, and I will give you rest. Also, focusing on unrealistic ideas and strange teachings of people and their imaginings can often destroy the peace and restfulness God gives us and will even damage our relationship with Him. Unrealistic ideas and imaginings about God that are not Bible-based or His plans for us that are often misunderstood and taught by some have caused millions of people out there to be fearful of Him. Some teach a wrong picture of our loving God who only wants the best for you and me. Because of their wrong understandings of his true and loving character, many have become afraid of God himself. Multitudes today actually serve God out of fear. That's so tragic. Why? Because they see and imagine him only as an arbitrary, vengeful, exacting and severe God. The kind of God who warns you by saying, either you love me or I'll have to kill you. Sadly, this wrong picture of God that Satan has been able to paint in one way or another in the imaginings of many people is not only seen in heathen and pagan beliefs, but even in some ways today, Christianity is teaching the same ideas. Take for instance, the concept of eternal hellfire that exists even today, or purgatory, or spirit prisons. These are not biblical ideas and were never taught by Jesus. But yet these ideas have caused millions to say, if this is what God is like, I don't care to have anything to do with him. Jesus' life and death, when on earth, were only about his and his father's love for mankind, and heaven's desire to save us all for eternity. In his teachings and example, Jesus corrected the idea that so many people today believe that He is the loving one, and His Father God is the arbitrary one, who is angry when we don't do right. But when talking about what God the Father was like, Jesus was absolutely clear. He said, I will explain the Father to you very plainly. When you pray in my name, I'm not saying to you by this that I need to plead or beg with the Father in your behalf, for the Father loves you as I do. Furthermore, he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Then we all know that famous verse, for God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Friends, God in all heaven deeply loves you and me and are ready to save us eternally and to guide us in this life through all the perils and fears we face. Our part, God admonishes us, is to focus our thinking on whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there is anything praiseworthy, focus and meditate on these things. This is so important because it's what keeps our imagination sound and spiritually healthy and our relationship with God strong. The Book of Heaven says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Now here we come to the third type of fear, moral fear, meaning, how does our righteous God handle my problem of my weaknesses and sinfulness? There are three big words in the Bible that helps us to understand this. Justification, sanctification, and glorification. Justification means that when I accept Jesus' gift of His righteous life, that He lived to cover my unrighteous life, I'm regarded just as if I'd never sinned. It's a gift won by Jesus for us on the cross of Calvary to freely help us and forgive us. There is no way we can earn this. All we can do is accept it. Sanctification means spiritual growth with God's helping power. We're not perfect. Not one of us is. And we will be dealing with temptations and struggles and battles of right and wrong until Jesus comes again. But God says, If we are continually growing and learning to rely on His saving power and developing a character of loving what is right, we will be safe to save. Look no farther than the thief on the cross. He was saved and you will be too. It's like the growing stages of our children who are learning to crawl and to walk and to talk. We regard these as good stages of perfection because they are successfully progressing on their way to maturity. It's the same way God thinks. We are perfect in His sight if we are growing in Christ by desiring more and more to learn and to allow Him to lead us in everything we do. The Book of Heaven puts it this way, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? it also says for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god friends we'll be learning more about god and loving him more deeply throughout all eternity all he's looking for now is a willingness to depend upon him and to be led by the workings of the holy spirit in our lives now why do i tell you all this because when you ask for forgiveness and understand that God has justified you, and then the daily covering gift of Jesus sanctifies you, it allows God to glorify you. Listen to his promise. But the God of peace shall make all of you perfectly holy and shall keep your whole spirit, soul, and body without fault for the arrival of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. It's the greatest news of all time, which takes the fear out of life knowing that in spite of my feeble faith, I do believe what God says, that come what may, our Lord has everything about our past, present and future under control. The Book of Heaven tells us that the condition of our world will get even worse than it is today. It teaches us that just before Jesus comes again, there will come plagues and political strife and persecutions that we never imagined possible But through all this, we don't need to worry. We will be safe and secure in his mighty hands, and we're not to be afraid. Jesus says, remember, I will always be with you, even until the end of the world. He also promises you and me that all those who have been learning to trust God and following all they know to be right, that only with your eyes will you see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord your refuge. No evil shall befall you or plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. My dear brother and sister, I want that deep freedom from fear, don't you? Knowing that we're deeply cared for and that the Lord has taken care of our past, our present, and our future. We know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit have our backs covered, even in the bad times and all the struggles and hardships that we're going through now, or may go through in the future. All we have to do is accept what Jesus has done and continues to do for us in helping us to daily open our hearts to allow him to take care of our weaknesses and fears. Is that simple, my friends. Today, he is by your side, ready to take care of any fearful thing that may come your way. This reminds me so much of a native story that illustrates this so well. I read that during the early days of Cherokee history, this is how a father administered the rite of passage to manhood for his son. He took his son deep into the forest, blindfolded him and left him alone, sitting on a log all evening and through the night till the morning sun would come up. The boy being alone and blindfolded, had no one to cry to for needed help. Obviously, the boy was fearful and terrified being in the dark as the wind blew through the grass and the leaves of the trees. He hears all kinds of noises that causes his mind to play tricks on him. He imagines that dangerous animals surely must be all around him that may cause him harm. But he must remain still, no matter what, committed never to remove the blindfold Finally, after a fearful night, the sun slowly rises and he can remove the blindfold to discover his father sitting silently beside him smiling. Without knowing it, the boy couldn't see that his father was always there to fight for and protect his son should he ever need help. This is so much like our story. We too have our Heavenly Father with us all the time, though sometimes it may not seem like it. Our study about fear is all about the great truth of how much we're loved by our Heavenly Father. He showed us that he would give up his life, and indeed he did, in order to be able to see us through our fears today and throughout eternity. By continuing to believe and depend upon what is truth, we have nothing to fear for the future, lest we forget the way the Lord has led us in the past. And so, my friends, Until next time, let only the Good Spirit guide you.